0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Friday Debate Podcast by Android Authority, discussing topics in Android every single week. I am, of course, your host for the FDP, Joshua Vergara. What's going on, everybody? And I'm joined this week by Joe Hindi, Jonathan Feist, and Andrew Grush had to step out for this particular episode. So we brought back Lon Wan so we could talk about the age-old debate of specs versus experience. Now, I thought this was a very interesting topic. And thank you, Andrew Grush, for creating it for this week. And we recorded. It on Friday, which is why uh, I had to bring you this episode a little bit later again. I'm sorry about that, but we were busy this week with a lot of great content. One in particular, the Samsung Galaxy S6 review, the device that actually comes up in our debate this week as an example of what could be a loss of specs but an upgrade in experience. We talk about that and also the HTC program that was announced earlier this week, the Uh Uh-oh program, as another possible way that companies could create an even better experience. Experience for users and then we talk about what we will want out of our phones if we were thinking about the idea between specs experience. But before I get into the episode, as usual, I want to get some housekeeping done. Thank you very much for listening to us all over the different podcast networks. We're on iTunes, Stitcher and Pocket Cast. And if you're watching this on the YouTube channel, remember that you can head over to any of your favorite podcast apps. And those are the best ways of listening to the FDP. If you want to follow all of us on social media, if you're watching the YouTube uh, version of this podcast, there's a little card on the side that will bring you straight to our podcast page and you can find all of the links there. For the rest of you, make sure you head on over to androidauthority.com and see the post for the Friday Debate Podcast. But even then, remember to head on over to Android Authority for all of the best coverage everywhere, and you can find us on our YouTube channel, in the forums, and on our website at androidauthority.com. After all of that, this nice little canned intro for you guys, I do want to jump into this episode number 9 of the AAFDP. And don't forget to uh, tweet us out or give us a shout-out using the hashtag FDP, as some of you already have. So you can let us know what you think of the podcast and give us your thoughts on the topic. Without any further ado, here is Episode 9, Specs versus Experience of the Friday Debate Podcast.
1: And that's how lawn saved Christmas. Sorry. Thanks, Santa. Yeah.
0: By shaving a Christmas tree into the side of his head. <laughs> All right. Man, so. you, should
1: t- you should totally make that a thing, Lon. You should start shaving seasonally appropriate shapes into your hair. That way people can tell what time of year you made the videos. Yeah, yeah. Well,
0: it's funny. I, I, I Like maybe i'm wrong here but wasn't the first thing well actually you were with darcy already at mwc before i even showed up with you guys did darcy ask for the mwc in your hair like right away <laughs> was he expecting it no he, he didn't say anything uh, at least
2: i don't remember him saying anything but i don't know i <laughs> I, I didn't want that i don't want to make that like a a routine thing that's just, <laughs> just just too much
0: work and then he has like io and <laughs> yeah yeah <IFA and laughs> My favorite one would probably be like, oh, that'd be great if you get like the PAX logo. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That would be really good. Uh, So I am a little bit tired. I'm not going to lie. After all, earlier this morning, I released, or we rather, released the Galaxy S6 review. And I was met with a lot of tweets and a lot of messages directly after for what was the longest review I had ever done. (laughs) Um, and one of the best. Good job. Well, thank you for that. I, I take it all of you guys have been able to check it out. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: I watched it this morning. It was a. Uh, it was really it didn't feel like a seventeen minute video. You know, and it it and now totally sounds like, you know, we're kind of uh what was the phrase, you know, where we're kind of promoting ourselves in the in the podcast. But no, it really didn't feel like a seventeen minute video. No, like, it was, I watched it. It was well paced. Yeah, it got to the end well-paced. and I was like man, I cannot believe I- I'm six minutes away from watching an episode of dragon ball Z here. Like.
0: <laughs> 17 minutes. That's uh the daily show without commercials. That's uh... yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, it's going to be interesting going into what, what topic we do have for today because the S6, I think squ- f- like it falls squarely in, in this topic about this whole idea of user experience versus just specs. And it's an interesting topic because I feel like they go hand in hand, which is funny because the argument is always for one or the other. Um, so, you know, before we even got into that, I just wanted to do like a quick check in with everybody as we usually do. I mean, we, we keep it loose here on the Friday debate podcast, Just you know, just give everyone a little glimpse into what we do for our daily lives sometimes, you know, and obviously it's been a long week, at least for me, I'm ready to disconnect from the world right after uh, this podcast, to be honest. And then I have to come back and
1: edit the podcast, but that's okay.
0: <laughs> so how's, so, how's everybody been doing this past
1: week? Oh, man. All right. So, uh, Jace is on vacation this week. So, I've been kind of covering all of his stuff. And let me tell you guys: Jace has an interesting job because, uh,. I've just been all over the place, you know, like answering questions, like various questions about updates and talking about all the various things. Like it, he has a lot of stuff he has to cover. I, I kind of have a, a new respect for him, you know, especially since he deals with more sponsors than I do. Mm-hmm. But I mean, holy cow, he's just, he got a lot of work. I now know why he does like two or three shows a week and that's <laughs> it because like I've done all two or three of those shows this week on top of my normal stuff. But I'm like, I'm like Josh right now. I'm, I'm beat. I'm dead tired. I'm dead tired. Yeah. But I am working on uh, something that's making me really happy. I'm revamping my entire uh, best Android games list, and there's going to be over 60 titles on it. Oh,
0: man. Yeah, dude. There's a lot it's, of
1: great been... games out there. That's awesome. Let me tell you no. best job ever testing <laughs> 60 of the best games ever. Give us like give, give us like it. a
0: some of the highlights. You don't have to give us like top five because that'll ruin the video. But like, what are a few of the ones that are that are of, that
1: are in that list? Um, I'm just gonna scroll down and just list some stuff here. Um, I, I, all right, so one I added in was Balloons TD. I don't know if you guys have heard of that one. It's a tower defense game where you blow up balloons. Um, every time I do any kind of best games list or best tower defense games or whatever, people yell at me because I did not put Balloons TD five on it. And uh, so I finally downloaded it and played it, and it's actually really good. It's a little childish, but still really good. Like, it's really great for kids. And it's, you know, simple graphics, casual gamer kind of stuff. But I was really impressed by how good it was. Um, And then I have some stuff that was on the last list, like Clash of Clans and CSR Racing. Um, So is Clash of Clans really that good? Because I've never touched it, and I see it on TV more than I care for. (laughs) There is Uh a lot of content. I've been playing the game off and on for like two years now and i'm still not at the end oh wow
2: i i think i've been playing it for almost a year now it's it gets updated like real frequently so there's always like you never it's hard to ever like reach the end because they're always constantly adding new things so Mm. Yeah, it's... and like
1: right, right when you start getting sick of where you are now, they go ahead and add something new. Like um, you know, you've always been able to get into clans and like donate troops and stuff like that. And then I got sick of the game and I put it down. And then like a week later, they're like, now we have clan wars where clans can go head to head. And I got right back into the game. And then like I started getting tired of the game again a little bit. And they're like, now there's a new troop that flies and draws damage. And I was like, flying tank, I have to try it. So you know, and yeah. you know that. And then I made the mistake of getting all of my friends into it. So now, you know, I get to play with them all the time. See, but well, yeah, I, what I like about it is that, like, they
2: actually, like, give you what you want. Like, they will add little things to the game that were missing before. And things like, like the ability to opt out of clans and stuff or whatever it was that they recently added. And that's just oh, something yeah. that, like, was kind of missing for a while.
0: Does so that, yeah, like, the they- opposite of Destiny? or? <laughs> So, what do they actually give the fans what they want? I suppose.
1: Yeah. Um. And yeah. And then another thing they added along with that was uh clan levels, where your clan gains levels, and based on its level, you get like little perks, like you can ask yeah. for troops more often, and you can discard troops, and you get more storage space, and it's it's you know they they do like Lon said they do a whole lot of stuff pretty much all the time. Yeah. Um. I also have out there on this list, and uh, that was something that um. Taylor Martin actually reviewed uh, before he was at Android Authority, and I watched his review, and I loved the game ever since. So I, I put it on there. No oh, good. Um, I'm trying to think of one that's like a surprise, where like I'd say it, and everyone's like, "What? That's gonna make the list?" But well, I, I, really I was actually don't gonna say have uh, one.
0: <laughs> I was actually gonna say, like, where do you stand uh, as as the, the the app reviewer, the game reviewer, on games that have been adapted from other systems, like a PC game, like like Star Wars Kotor, for example.
1: That's on. That's on the list. That's on the list. Sweet. <laughs> that um, and uh, Grand Theft Auto and XCOM Enemy... Is it Enemy Unknown or is it Enemy Within? It's a, yeah, it's Enemy Within. XCOM really messed with me because I went out and went through all the trouble of doing this big huge review for XCOM Enemy Unknown. And then they trashed it and came out with Enemy Within, which is exactly the same game with a little more content. <laughs> Like you guys couldn't have just done an update. (laughs) Well, the reason why I love the
0: adapted games, especially the ones from PC, like like right now I'm playing Shadowrun, Dragonfall, the director's cut and I
1: love that game
0: yeah I I just got into it it's really great the learning curve is kind of steep but once you get into it it's actually really fun um and I love that they keep it uh they keep it tabletop in the sense that if you put in like I'm at that part I'm still early in the game where you get these DVDs and you have to watch them and it basically gives you the story that's going to lead the rest of the game on instead of actually showing you a video of what's on the DVD it's actually a big block of text describing what you're watching (laughs) which is so tabletop it made me laugh because i was like yeah this is definitely tabletop roots um I, the reason why I like those games far better than all the other ones uh, is uh, you don't have to pay for basically progression because like even with skyforce I paid for the the power-ups and I, pay, I paid a couple times for the 5000 stars in order to buy new stuff and
1: I, I don't want to have to pay pay for something
0: for progression in a game and I feel like the adapted ones don't do that
1: yeah um that, that's something I was really aiming for with this list because I, I had the list before it was about 35 games but I included a lot you know a lot of popular games also along with that like I had candy crush on the last one and it's one of those things like where most people hate that game but like <laughs> a but like a billion people love that game so it's one of those you know like well it's it's good because it's popular and a lot of people don't like that that, that mindset. But, I mean, it's true. If you can get 500 million people to download your game and, you know, 88% of them like it, it's a good game. It sucks to say it, but it's a good game. Did you just say uh, Flappy Birds? Is that what you said? Nope. I I did not say Crappy Birds. (laughs) Okay. Just checking. Uh, goodness gracious, that game was bad. You remember when that all will of not the, uh, be a ad- list. Remember when all of
0: the variants of that came out? Like I remember when Android Wear was first a thing, uh someone made like the, the floppy droid or something for Android Wear. I had that installed in my watch for a little while. I was kind of I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good time waster for when we were in line and someone looked at me like, what the hell are you doing to your watch? <laughs> it's just like tap, 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 tap. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's good. Uh, really looking forward to that list, show. Um Let's move over to Feisty. Uh, uh, Feisty, what have you been up to this past week since our last episode, which finally is in our in-house, you know, rather than the live ones from the show? Certainly. Uh, you know, this
3: last week kind of boiled down to it. Of course, there was tab times and everything that that pertains to, but uh, uh, in my Android customization series, I, I took on a project that I thought would be fairly simple, but it kind of consumed most of my week. Uh, what I did was a hands-on tutorial how to do a factory reset on your device. Now, of course, the actual factory reset is just a couple buttons, but, but going through all of the steps, the things that you should do before you do that, you know, backing up your apps, how to back
0: them up, all that sort of stuff, it, it turned into quite the adventure. Yeah, backing up apps is not an easy thing to do. Like, um, if uh, forgive me, I didn't get to read the article yet. But what were your solutions for backing up apps? What, what, what? It's funny you use an app to back up your apps. But what, what did you, uh, <laughs> what did you use for that?
3: Uh,
0: actually, I, I broke it
3: down for the users. Uh, I gave them three basic options. Um, uh, first of all, obviously, just uh, you know the apps. So Helium backup for non-rooted rooted users and uh, Titanium for uh, uh sort of titanium backup, titanium root folder, whatever it's called. I forget the name already. That's terrible, but, um, <laughs> yeah. You know, so apps, of course. Uh, from there, I also suggested just installing a file explorer and just manually going through and just copy and paste those files out. Uh, of course, from there, I got to, you know, reference a, a USB OTG connector and just, you know, if you don't have a micro USB port, or, sorry, micro SD card slot is what I meant to say. Uh, you know, just OTG, hook up a flash drive and copy your files off and, and then copy them back on. Oh, okay. And then, of course, put everything up to the cloud. Same sort of thing, of course. But
0: what well, well, Didn't Helium do that? Was did, Doesn't it have an option to put everything in, like, a Dropbox or something?
3: Or It does, yeah, Dropbox or your Google Drive, but uh, you have to pay for the premium version for that. And I try and keep it free on, on our Android customization series. Hmm. Other than Tasker, but, you yeah, know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, backing up everything and trying to keep everything safe. I've had to do that multiple times for, like, my, my parents' S5s. And it's mostly because of their pictures, because they went on a a couple trips this past year so they filled up their memory so quickly and eventually I just broke down and I got my mom like a 64 gigabyte micro SD card I was like just use this <laughs> and um yeah exactly and it's not even like a fifth filled and they went to like freaking Budapest like a couple months ago <laughs> so much in there Uh alright cool well um our uh, our uh, what's the, I'm trying to think of the term. I almost said non-regular, but I mean, obviously, Andrew Grush is not with us right now, though he did come up with the topic for this week. Uh, but in uh, replace of, of uh, Andrew Grush, we have... I'm a fill-in. He's a fill-in. I was trying to think of like our non-regular. I was, that's what I was going to say, but it doesn't sound right. It sounds like you need some Metamucil or something. Substitute like
2: Substitute teacher.
0: <laughs> our temp. <laughs> uh, Lon, how's it been this past week? I saw you came out with a couple of key reviews this past week. Yeah,
2: I mean... I, I wish I could say I was as busy as you guys, but uh, I mean this. I mean, I had the Xiaomi review last week, and then the Moto E this week. But other than that, like, I haven't really had too much going on. So, well,
0: tell, tell, just... tell us about that uh, Moto E because I saw the video; it was a great video, and uh, i uh, I thought it's uh, I thought it was a good way of encapsulating what this budget basically budget phone was able to bring. It's about time they put LTE on that thing. I'm just saying. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. I, well, go ahead. I,
2: I actually really like this phone. I think it's, I mean, obviously it's not like, you know, a super powerhouse of a phone and it does get slow every once in a while. But for what it is, like, you know, 150 bucks LTE, like I think the LTE like makes the difference. Like I think, cause that was kind of like the, kind of like the drawback for me, like for the last year's model. So I think the LTE really makes a huge difference on this one. And uh, I don't know. I like it. It's like a nice little phone that you can just like, grip in your hand easily and use in one hand i don't know like it's what i love most about it. it's kind of refreshing to just be able to hold it in one hand and just reach every corner of the screen and it's you know it's pretty good for most things but obviously if you're trying to like multitask yeah. like crazy it's gonna like get a little bit choppy but yeah i don't know it's 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 nice for what it is so i think moto did a good job
0: okay well i think that's a great jumping off point for what we're going to talk about this week uh basically we are going to get into this um this oddly named warranty program that HTC unveiled this past week called uh-oh <laughs> but the it, it was sort of the jumping off point for what we're basically going to be talking about here which is the the debate between what's more important uh the user experience or the specs the features what 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 is really required for a phone to sort of be successful i suppose at least in our eyes jumping off the moto elon um so Here's my question to you. You have the Moto E that obviously doesn't have what many would probably say raw power, but its experience is still adequate enough. Um, what What's important to you in the Moto E? Is it the fact that it is a very accessible package? And does not does it really sort of, uh, is it a bummer for you that it doesn't have those specifications?
2: Uh, I wouldn't say it's necessarily a bummer because, I mean, you have to sort of put the whole package into perspective. And I mean, when you look look at what you're paying, you know, you're getting, you're paying 150 bucks for it. So it's, I mean, it's, you're, you're, you're kind of just, you have to really think about, you know, the price. And I think it delivers pretty well for what it is. It's not, it's not a powerhouse, but it does perform well. And like the overall experience is good. So I think that's really the only thing you can really expect from it for, for the price. And and the LTE totally makes it worth it, I think, because that makes a huge difference in the overall experience because, like, you know, you don't want to have a phone that has 3G and then you have to deal with slow load times on top of, you know, some random choppiness here and there. So the LTE just makes a huge difference, I think, in the user experience.
0: Mm. So, so I mean, we we just got back from MWC where Lon, well, I mean, well, Lon was there at CES, so he got, you know, you got you got uh, the chance to deal with some pretty high-end devices like the G Flex 2. And uh, just this past month, you had the S6 Edge. And uh, Lon will be the one to do the review of the S6 Edge when the time comes. Um, so given that, you know, especially for the two of us, we've been able to use so many different phones across so many different devices. Uh, companies and user experiences and different design languages. So what, what, what is more important to you then in a general user experience, not talking about just the Moto E or anything after that, but just in general, if you're going to buy a phone, put your hard earned money down on something. And let's say, well, I was about to say price is no object, but I, I don't think that that should be a factor here. Um, but what is important to you? Is it is it raw power specifications? Or is it features or is it design? Because some people are harping on that recently. Um, I th- for me, it's like it's it's kind of a
2: combination of things. But at the end of the day, like I, I want a good user experience. I'll take I'll take a good user experience over you know the greatest specs out there. And I'm not saying that I don't want the greatest specs. Like I'll take it if I can get it, but <laughs> like I, <laughs> I prefer like a, a user experience that works. And that's why I'm like I'm such a big fan of like the Moto X. Like it's not like a powerhouse of a phone. It didn't it didn't come out with the latest specs when it came out, but the user experience is is great. And you get like you know I mean Motorola really nails it with you know all of their features. They're not gimmicky. They actually work. Like motor display or. Yeah, motor display and motor action, all that stuff. It all works really well. And then, you know, it's running basically what is a pure version of Android. So I mean I and I love pure Android basically. So that's why I love the Moto X so much. And it has like to me it has a good looking design. I, I love the design of the Moto X and it's it's premium, but you know, it's again it's not the best spec phone but I think it delivers a good overall experience and that's what I love about that phone so much
0: okay uh, feisty how do you uh, how do you feel on that on that subject are you a specs person or are you a features/ experience well see this is this is the weirdest question to kind of put into one side or the other there's so many different angles to this so I'll just put it this way what is more important to you when it, what is most important to you when it comes to a phone?
3: And my answer is as complicated as the question. <laughs> uh, just like you said in the beginning here, Josh, uh, uh, you know, one is kind of the other. So when I look at the hardware of, of the device, design is very important to me, not so much for looks, but for how it handles. Uh, you know, you get the flat back devices. Sometimes they don't fit in the hand very well, but you got these Motorola devices. And uh, actually, I like the HTCs as well, where they just they have that curved back and they feel really nice and More importantly, they stick in your hand. Uh, I find uh, I've yet to find, I should say, an LG device that I haven't dropped on the floor. It just slides right out. Doesn't fit right. Just the slippery backing. Um, so in those regards, it's it's important to me that the design provides the function. Um, but uh, you know, for me, the, the big thing really is I live in a multi multi-device world. Um, so for most of my devices, I'm not looking for high-end specs. Uh, uh, you know, I, I keep referencing these two little devices, the LG Realm and the HTC Desire uh, 510. <laughs> uh, you know, they're very low-end devices, but that's why I bought them. Uh, you know, they, for the most part, they've both turned into MP3 players just for different positions in my world. And, and so for those, I, I do not need high-end specs. Uh And The same thing goes I mean my daily driver has been the first-gen Moto G and it's been that way for over a year now Uh, I am looking to upgrade but Again the distribution of of all my devices, so I'm okay with the Moto G, you know being in my pocket relatively low-end It's powerful enough Basically if I had to sum it up, it's powerful enough to supply wireless hotspot so that my tablets which, you know, I've got an HDC, uh, the uh, Nexus 9 sitting in my lap right now. That's my high end device. It, it's made for productivity. It's made for the, you know, entertainment stuff. Uh, my phone, I, I can live with a low end phone because I
0: have a high end tablet that handles all the. <laughs> Feisty uh, with his glass of cognac and all of his money to, <laughs> have, all money. to have all, I want it all. <laughs> well, the. And that
3: I don't know how to put this. Yes, it does take some money to have multiple devices, but then again, does it? <laughs> the HTC 9 was 400, that the you know, I got the Moto G at the most expensive 200. That's still a couple hundred less than buying a you know, a Galaxy S6 straight out.
0: Yeah, that's fair. So, I mean, it, it is a uh... It is true that if you are able to have the same exp- have certain experiences across multiple different devices, then I guess you would be able to sort of skirt the uh, the issue, um, you know, and perhaps that's what's going on there. And to be fair to Feisty, the, some of the phones that he said he's had for years now, so it's not like he dropped all that money at once. <laughs> um, so here's where I, I think uh, I was wondering what what Joe was going to say here because I mean you are an app guy, and you've got you you need to have a powerful device. i'm I'm assuming i don't like assuming but this is where i'm coming from here you need to have a powerful device to be able to run all of these games all of these applications sometimes at the same time and you have all these app lists so the phone needs to be able to uh hold all of those applications supposedly if you're going to be using one phone for literally all of them so where do you stand on this particular question we're going to hash this out a little bit later but where do you stand on specs versus experience let's put it that way
1: um well, I think like three out of uh, pretty much everyone said it so far, but one kind of begets the other, doesn't it? I mean, you know, uh, when Lon was talking about the Moto E earlier, he was talking about how it slowed down sometimes. You know, it was a good phone, you know, for what it was for the price point, <laughs> but you know, it, it slowed down sometimes. You know, struggled a little bit here and there, and it's it's one of those things where, you know, if you did a direct spec by spec comparison with a flagship phone, you know, not thinking about cost whatsoever, the Moto E is clearly an inferior device. That offers an inferior, you know, user experience in comparison to, say, a Motorola X 2014 edition. You know, the same manufacturer, pretty much the same software, but the specs matter very greatly in both price and, you know, price and experience. Um, so that's, you know, I'm I lean towards specs because, you know, in virtually every instance, specs almost guarantees a. Uh, at least a more smooth user experience, even if the user experience itself is not optimal. Like, you know, I've been using TouchWiz for two years now. I've had my Note 3 for two years. I am not a huge fan of TouchWiz, but the Snapdragon 800, the three gigs of RAM, you know, the 32 gigabytes of storage, you know, that that's the hardware package that at the time I really wanted. And uh, I've been able to kind of disregard the things I dislike about TouchWiz in order to have that kind of you know, device that has that kind of power to, as you you know, you say, you know, the one phone that I use to review all of the apps that I, uh, all the apps that I do. Um, and that's why I got the Nvidia shield tablet over say the Nexus nine. Cause you know, it's the quad core over the dual core, you know, they're both pretty much stock Android. So it's not like that matters at all, but you know, it's just, I, I like having a lot of power because I know that it's software can be fixed. Hardware cannot. So, you know, I try to – I tend to lean towards something that's going to make me happy hardware-wise and then either hope that, you know, the software gets better or root my device and install a ROM with software that I prefer.
0: Okay. I mean, I love that you brought up the spec idea, where where you stand on leaning towards specifications just a little bit because I I think – I think my tastes have really evolved over the past year or so because while I would love to say that, you know, oh, all I need is a Moto G. That's all I need. You know, it gives me what I, it gives me the the ability to use the apps that I want and blah, blah, blah. I don't play (laughs) um, dead trigger on the highest level of graphics, quote unquote, you know, (laughs) I don't do stuff like that, but now that we're coming into this new crop of flagship devices, you know we have HTC here, and I'm holding my M9 that, that's being reviewed currently. I'm holding my M9 right now, and it's got a great design on it, and it's um, it, it may not have changed a lot from before, but it kind of refined it. It's not as slippery as the M8, um, which kind of would have made sense to me last year if they came out with this uh-oh campaign. I hate saying that. But um, <laughs> if it came out with this little warranty, uh, warranty program where basically – if you drop your phone, and I mean that, if you drop it, it says free one-time phone replacement within 12 months of your purchase of the phone for carrier switching or damage. And now that's a pretty interesting uh, idea, is the fact that you know I could drop this phone. Well, not this one. I didn't buy this one, but the <laughs> I could drop the phone I buy from HTC, crack the screen, go to a store and say, "Hey, I new one, please." And basically, they would say, okay, no questions asked. That's that's essentially the ideal part of this. So which kind of brings me to this other question that I had where user experience doesn't necessarily mean just software. It doesn't mean the congruency of the hardware with the software, with the specifications. But there's also those perks that you get with a phone. And, and HGC started it last year with the um, – crap, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm linking on the name. But they had a warranty program – Adv- Advantage, H-E-C Advantage. Advantage. They had that last year with it. Now they have this even better version, I suppose you could say, with uh, this uh oh, which they really need to change that name. Uh, the uh, do 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 perks like this have any 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 uh, any? What's the term I'm looking for? Does it help at all in terms of how you feel about a phone?
3: Before anybody answers this, can I just get it out of the way that? Uh, We're assuming that this new warranty program is not related to the HTC CEO stepping down.
0: Well, I was wondering if we were going to bring that up because, yeah, the CEO stepped down and then Cher Wang, who I was at HTC Frequencies and she came by and spoke to all of us press um, in that room. She, you know, I have to say, and I'm just pointing this out there for the record it's great that she is now the CEO. We have more women in higher positions across the board, and HTC is going to be one of those shining beacons for stuff like that. And she's an incredibly smart woman, graduated from Berkeley, and she's, 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 I think she'll do fine there. But my question to you, Feisty, since you brought it up, why would they coincide?
3: Oh, Well, there, there's two ways of looking at it. First of all, Mr. CEO steps up and says, You know what? Let's give everybody a free phone, so to speak, you know. Uh, and then the board steps in and says, Nah, you're fired. Uh, the flip side, he knew he was leaving. The flip side, of course, is, you know, he's disgruntled. He knows he's leaving, so he's like, You know what? I'm going to give everybody a free phone. <laughs> now, we're, we're going to laugh both of these off, but. Uh, You know, you always have to wonder if something like that is legitimately at play, or if this is, you know, obviously it's going to be how it is moving forward, and I hope that that is HTC's policy, but uh, that's why I brought that up, just, you know, almost for the laugh.
0: Yeah, almost, and and you're right, it does sound laughable, both of those situations, really, Uh, but, oh man, I hadn't thought about it that way, Um, I, I, I always... Uh, maybe I'm naive, but whenever something happens in a company, I just see it for what it is. Oh, you step down and now Sher Wang is, uh, is the CEO, rather than thinking that something very nefarious is going on, <laughs> which is almost always the case. You know?
1: um,
0: but yeah, so back to our, uh, our question there. And yes, that's, an, that, that was, that's a very interesting point to bring up. Um, so thanks for that, Feisty. And um, the, uh, where was I going before? Oh, um, do the perks of what a company is doing for a phone actually help? In terms of its experience overall, because maybe looking outside of the phone itself, let's think outside of the box. Um, you know, do do you think that people would buy, let's say, the HTC One M9 solely, not solely, but partially because of this program?
1: Um, in this case, with the HTC One M9, I think so, uh, because you know you see all of the. Um... You know, the overheating rumors that are going around and, you know, people are are legitimately worried that they're going to get this phone and the processor is going to blow up out of the back of the phone because it's overheating. And, you know, so you see something like HTC stepping in like, look, if the phone screws up, we're going to give you another one, you know, so you don't have to worry about it. You know, at least you don't have to worry about at least the first one. And uh, I think that's (laughs) going to help, you know, alleviate a, a lot of the the trepidation that goes into buying a phone that, you know, pretty much all the way up till its launch is going to have to deal with these, you know, overheating rumors, you know, until you guys, you know, until all the reviewers, you know, all you guys get the, uh, final software and can show one way or another if it is going to overheat. I mean, like HTC One devices have been, you know, hot forever. The, the One M7 was a really warm device. I assume the One M8 was. I mean, it's made out of aluminum. It's a natural heatsink. Um... But, you know, like looking at the, you know, the, that, that one report that showed the HTC 1M9 is like bright orange and everything else is like dark red, showing that it was super hot and, <laughs> and you know, could burn people. You know, ha- having, you know, a, something in place, having a back door to, you know, to fix a problem like that. Um, I mean, at least, you know, I'm going to buy the HTC 1M9, regardless of whether or not it overheats. And, uh, you know, I, I like knowing that I can get that protection plan and be totally okay with it. So I I think that it does, you know, outside peripherals do, you know, help with the customer experience, at least make them feel more comfortable with the potential flaws of the phone that they might be getting.
0: Okay. Um, Lon, let's say you're a klutz. (laughs) Let's say you drop phones all the time. Like, you you go to the restroom, you do your business, and the thing falls in the toilet. Like, let's say stuff like that happens from time to time. (laughs) Would would that, um, would would something like this program make it easier for you to have that peace of mind? Is it, because let's put it this way, the HTC One M9, when you compare it to the other phones in the genre, in the flagship space i should say you don't get all of those specifications you don't get let's say the 16 megapixel camera of the s6 which i gave a pretty rave review on in my review um we have yet to see what hcc has in store for this 20 megapixel one um now that we have you know final software coming out and stuff you don't get a quad hd display you do get an aluminum body which is nice but then the s6 does have a metal frame also so is that a, is is a program like uh-oh actually enough to sort of uh, alleviate those holes in the M9's um, philosophy?
2: Uh, I don't I don't know if it's enough to, to really like sway users one way or another, but I think it is like a really good incentive for like what they're doing. Because like, I think, for, at least for like the average consumer, I think this is something that they would want as far as being able to carry their phone and not have to worry if they're gonna damage it. like they're going to be stuck with it forever now that they've broken it or whatever. And, but now they can just replace it because of this program and like, that's one thing about Android phones is you can't like, you don't have the option to just walk into like a carrier store and be like, my phone's messed up and you get a replacement like on the spot. But this is like kind of the next best thing with what HTC is doing. So, you know I mean? If you, break the screen or if it gets water damage or whatever like you can just send it in and you get another one so it's like it's no questions asked which is to me it's like it doesn't appeal to me personally because i i'm not like a klutz (laughs) like i'm pretty careful with my phones and stuff but i mean if i if i wasn't that type of person then like this would be like i think it would definitely sway me into getting the device and uh, and I hate to like, you know, pull like a company like Apple into the conversation, but you know, like, like all my friends that like own iPhones, like when, when their phones get messed up, they just walk into the Apple store and they just get another one, no questions asked. And this, like, type of incentive, like, it's pretty close to that pretty much because you don't really have that same advantage with Android phones I in was general. Wondering so about that.
0: I think they're doing the fact that all the iPhone users I know have had replaced their iPhones <laughs> like so many times. <laughs> Yeah, they, they
2: just walk into the Apple store and, like, they just get another one. Like, I've even had friends that, like, faked that their phone was messed up just so they yeah. get a different one because they had a ding on it or something. So, it's – this is, like, kind of the next best thing, and there, I don't think there's any other company that's doing anything like it, so – and it's kind of hard to do with Android phones because there's so many of them.
0: yeah for sure. Um, so I mean it, there might be a little bit of incentive coming from HTC with this program um, whether or not because one of the first things you have to do is and this has always been HTC's problem it's this is no secret to anybody who follows the industry but HTC basically has this main problem of they have a great idea, they have a great product, but they just cannot market the thing uh, like well enough so that everybody knows. Um, I agree with you. It would be a good swaying option for people to say, you know, I can get a really great phone, and then if I drop it in the toilet or something, I can get a replacement. Um, I keep saying drop it in the toilet because I knew somebody who had that chronic problem. It was always (laughs) dropping in the toilet for some reason. (laughs) Um, So I'm just harking back into that. But anyway, uh, yeah, if, if HGC is going to offer something like that, how good is it even going to be unless people know that that's a thing? And
2: yeah, that's that's something that I was I was wondering too. Like, how are they going to market this thing? Because I hope like they're actually going to advertise it and not just like put like a piece of paper in the box. That's what Advantage was, right? (laughs)
0: Wasn't that what that was?
2: Yeah, yeah, it's just a piece of paper in the box. But they never really said it. I don't think there was ever any advertisements for it. So I think they would have to really push this if they really want to sort of throw it out there as like sort of almost like a feature, I guess, for the phone.
1: Well, well, I mean, didn't you see those uh, you know, those Robert Downey Jr. videos? I'm pretty sure the third one where he's woken up in a firefight in a military uniform, I think that was supposed to be about the uh-oh plan. Because, you know, he had the grenade as an uh-oh and he plugged it into the wall socket, or the light socket, you know, which totally embodies the uh-oh experience, totally. I'm being sarcastic, guys, if you couldn't figure it out. <laughs> I was going to say, you made sense of any of those videos? I am impressed. <laughs> I just, I, I, we've been talking about HTC marketing for like, you know, going on five minutes and no one has brought up the Robert Downey Jr. videos yet. So I felt like I had to. Like,
0: well, for it, sure. It, it, uh, we, we, at frequencies, we got a glimpse at, uh, did they show, cause I didn't see the entire, um, uh, the entire presentation. It was at South by Southwest, right? Or am I wrong? Well, I don't know. Okay, I'm trying to remember where they they posted them. I knew that at South by Southwest, I think HTC was inviting people to come by, and they were going to show off all of the videos that he did. Was there, did you guys see that one with the bunny?
1: No, I've only seen the first three.
0: The first oh, yeah. three.
2: Oh, I've i've not seen a single one oh, I okay think. i wasn't
1: sure if they showed that one because i had seen that one so
0: if they didn't show it i can't talk about it so there you go
2: <laughs> yes yes they did show
3: it i <laughs> caught a clip of all 10 of them assuming that's the that's all there is uh but the 10 of them yeah the bunny shows up at least twice
0: oh okay there you go so i was just curious if you if if you guys saw it. would like that was probably the oddest one of the bunch in my opinion this just what i was saying um <laughs> yeah but in any case, uh, this will be a nice way for me to transition into. Actually, I do want to bring up the S6. Um, I mean, obviously, I just got done with the review. But Lord knows, I'm I'm through talking about it for hours on end, 17 to be exact inside, 17 minutes to be exact inside my video, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the uh so we're going to look at a different perspective when it comes to user experience. Um so HTC is putting out this this warranty program um and you know maybe you're not getting all of the specifications that let's say the S6 has, quad HD display, the metal on there, but I'm going to circle back a little bit to where we were where Joe and I were basically on the same page where we were saying that specifications really do drive the experience. And if you are going to be the spec whore, let's say then it it could it could pretty much um, it could pretty much mean that you're going to get a great experience on the phone because they should go hand in hand. But that hasn't been the case for the past like couple of years, especially when it comes to phones like let's say Samsung Galaxy S5, S4. You get the best processor in there, but then it's still a stuttery experience, dropped frames everywhere, and it's it, it gets slower over time. But speaking as the person who has been using the new flagship so far, we're not we're finally past that point. For this year, the great specifications are coming up, and the uh, the S6 is a great example of how I mean they are using the Exynos from their in-house processing team, but man, this thing flies. I've had no slowdowns whatsoever. Now we finally did, we finally did get a great software experience, a great user experience in the S6, but it's without a couple of key features like the replaceable battery, the expandable storage. How do you, where do you guys stand on this never ending debate of whether or not Samsung brought everything that they could? Do you think that the replaceable battery is important or do you think that the expandable storage is more important, considering that the phone has a great freaking experience underneath?
1: Um, I'm, I don't have a whole lot to say about Samsung because I haven't used the S6 yet, but, um, you know, I I thought about you know the expandable storage being a big deal that they got rid of it, but then they turned around and gave us what was it like 32, 64, and 128 gigabyte options. Yeah. So I think that you know uh, the the problem that 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 caused the rise of expandable storage to begin with is kind of like not there with the Samsung Galaxy S6. You know, because back then, you know, like back in the day, you, know, you used to have like what you know four, eight gigabytes, sometimes less than that. Of internal storage. And if you wanted anything on your phone, you had to have, you know, expandable, you know, expandable storage. And um, I remember uh, when I got the, uh, I had a Nexus 4 for app testing for a long time, and it was an eight gigabyte model. And I hated it. Like, I hated the fact that I owned a telephone in this day and age, or a smartphone in this day and age that only had eight gigabytes of storage. And there was no way for me to expand that. But, you know, if you're walking into the store and, you know, you have 50 gigs of music. And you buy a 128 gigabyte Samsung Galaxy S6, you're not even hitting half of your storage. <laughs> you know, you still have half of your storage left. So I think that you know, like the the people that you know still want the SD card space on top of the 128 gigs of storage, those people, uh, they're not a lot of them. You know, people who actually need, you know, 180, 190, 256 gigabytes of storage on a smartphone. Those people are extremely few and extremely far between. Well, I'm, so, I'm inclined um,
0: to agree with you, but 128 gigabytes—you know—I mean, Apple kind of proved it here. You, you're not going to get everything without paying everything, and Samsung is going to have that model now. The 128 gigabyte version is probably going to be through the roof
1: in terms of what its price is going to be. Um, yeah, well, two words there, bud: carrier subsidies. <laughs> 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 that that <laughs> solves all problems. Like it's going to be what 299 bucks on Verizon and T-Mobile, and I know. I don't know how carrier subsidies work uh you know overseas so I'm sorry to our European, Asian and you know African listeners cuz I don't know how your paradigms work over there but at least here in North America you know we're going to be able to get this phone for $300 or less I assume anyway mm. like it seems like they're going to be able to do something like that so you know like when you look at it that way you know like if I can walk into a store and spend $300 on the you know the LG G4 note or whatever the hell they're doing this year um, or walk away with a Galaxy S6 with what amounts to my laptop's SSDs worth of storage for 300 bucks, and they're both the same price. Like I'm, you know, I'm gonna go with the 128 gigs. Like it, it went from being a, a deficiency to being almost a feature because I mean, how many other phones out there that offer that much space, even with expandable storage? Because you know, 128 gigabyte micro SD cards. They aren't popular yet, and they're still really expensive. So, you know, assuming you get a 64-gig card and pop it into a 32-gigabyte phone, you still have less than 100. Mm, Yeah. So even with, you know, the the 128 gigs, you know, you don't have to buy the 64-gig card. And you still have more than pretty much everybody who's not willing to spend, you know, 100 bucks on a 128-gigabyte, you know, card. You know, you're gonna have more than everybody still, even without the expandable storage. So I, you know, battery is an entirely different thing altogether, but in terms of expandable storage, I think the point is almost totally moot. Like, I don't think it matters because they do have that option for people who need that much storage.
0: Okay, so cold hard numbers for Joe and me. <laughs> That's how <laughs> you I you. You still don't have 128. You don't even have 100. I get, but it's very true. Uh, if you have a 32 gigabyte with a 64 gigabyte card in there, but I guess where I was coming from with it is, if yes to the people who are the superpower users who install every single game in the in the Play Store and have absolutely no space on their on their phones. Um, I mean, I've I've had a 64 gigabyte um, OnePlus One. And it was a pretty sublime experience i could download every single podcast there ever was and still be okay um but for the uh for the s6 if i'm using it just for on the daily for the very things that i need i don't even use half of that storage and it doesn't really matter to me that there are those holes in the specifications like the, the, the battery and the sd card because the experience as a whole is amazing and Technically, it's half because of the specifications, because of how good that processor is, on top of a good experience on the software. Lon, you use the uh, you use technically both phones, but you focused on the Edge uh, back at MWC. Um, was it not already a greater experience in TouchWiz than it has ever been to you?
2: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, it was so much. It felt. I mean, obviously, I played with it, you know, for a short amount of time, but it felt so much faster and. It was such a lighter experience. I mean, you could see right off the bat that it was cleaner. It was lighter and it just, all the animations seemed just half a step quicker than before. Yeah. So it was just a much better yeah, experience. It just
0: truly feels like, and, and, and let me preface this by saying the M9, the same way it's, it screams. It absolutely screams. It flies through everything. We have a user experience versus specifications to me in the flagship space, of course. It, they're going to be one in the same. Which is why I thought that this debate question was so interesting because I, I felt like we were gonna end up in this in this space. It's when you factor in the mid range devices that things get a little bit more convoluted. And I and I and I think that's also expected mm-hmm. from us. But So for for you, Lon, um, do you use micro SD cards or any of those extra features in all of your phones? I mean, we could even talk about the Edge. Are you going to use the Edge if you get that phone?
2: Uh, I mean, I don't know. Like I'll, I'll find out once I actually get it. But I mean, I'm just, the thing about the Edge that I'm so enamored with is just the swiping experience. I just like swiping along those edges. It just feels a lot nicer, especially with all the elements that come out from the sides, like from all the apps and stuff. It just it just seems to kind of make sense more with those edges so but as far as like you know the features like the people edge like and night clock i mean i'll have to find out once i actually get it and use it as a daily but um as far as like you know like i'm removable like removable batteries and like micro sd cards and stuff like i don't know maybe i'm in the minority but i'm not a fan of moving parts so for me like the less moving parts the better so i've never really been a fan of like micro sd cards and and removable batteries like even when i had like phones that had those features like the galaxy s1 the galaxy s2 i never really took advantage of them like i never you know bought like spare batteries just so i could have spare batteries and just swap it out on the go like i didn't feel like you know like i'm that much of a nerd to have (laughs) to like do that to like carry like carry like spare batteries in my pocket like and like nowadays like like power packs are like a dime a dozen so like why don't you just carry a power pack like I, the only advantage that i really see from like having a removal battery now is that you can swap it out if it goes bad but that's i don't really see anything else that you're gaining from that so i don't know i don't understand the argument behind it but again like i guess i'm in the minority and then I don't know micro sd cards i just i just never used them i don't know i just i prefer just internal storage and like i remember like that big hoopla that like everybody made a big deal about when google like got rid of micro sd cards like on the nexus 4 and beyond and like i was all for that change because i under because basically the what they said was that it it created a a more confusing user experience because when you plugged your phone in you'd have two windows that popped up and if you're like tech savvy you understand those windows obviously but if you're not like you're gonna be confused as to which ones are internal and what's your which ones are external so I was all for that change like I was totally fine with it but I so again for me less moving parts the better I just prefer to not have that I and I feel like Samsung sort of you know they they sort of alleviated that by offering 32, 64 and 128. So I, I, I don't know. I don't think there's much room to really complain here because at least they did something instead of still offer you 16 and 32 and that's it. At least they still did something. They took some sort of action. Well, that, on that feels behalf. like the
0: evolution that we needed, right? Because even 16 a year ago was starting to feel a little bit slim and um, for whatever reason, all of the companies were too stubborn to, to, to realize that for the general user. Um, but yeah, we're, we're coming up on our last, let's say, 15 minutes or so. I want to make sure we hear from Feisty on this, on this particular one using the S6 as a scope. Uh, we have those two main features. Now, Samsung has finally doubled back on what they used to do with all of their phones in the past, focused on the user experience in the S6, but we're losing two key specs and features. Um, using that as a scope, but you can always go off the rail a little bit if you want to elaborate, Feisty. Um, how do you feel about the replaceable battery feature and the expandable storage feature?
3: Let me say, no, you guys are all wrong.
0: <laughs> you need
3: these things. You're are, wrong are, jerk. <laughs> And finally, we have a debate. Yes.
0: <laughs> I know. Uh, We've been getting that a lot in our YouTube version of it. So it's not really a debate, guys. It's like, well, hey, it's Friday debate topic, okay? <laughs> All right.
3: So I'm going to give you my personal opinion and, and experiences, and then I'm going to play that devil's advocate here and stand up for the people who want the cards and ex- uh, exchangeable batteries. Uh, so personal opinion, uh I'm also not using any of the microSD card slots or external batteries for any of the devices that support them. Uh, sorry, I do have external or microSD cards in some of those, those devices, but there is absolutely no substitute for internal storage. Uh, I don't care how much, for example, music you can install on an SD card and plug in, if you can't install the app to run the music, you're toast, doesn't matter. Uh, so no substitute for internal storage. Um, um, same thing with batteries. Like Lon said, power packs are cheap. So are USB cables. I've got them everywhere. It doesn't matter where <laughs> I go in my world, house, car, backpack. There is a power supply and there's a USB cable. I can plug in, keep my devices hundred percent all day long. Who cares about the battery life? Uh, um, now playing that devil's advocate, uh, the micro SD card, uh, Joe, you brought up a great point in that, uh, you know, these the, the, we're gonna be able to buy the S6, for example, for 300 or less subsidized. But what? How much would it be if you got the lower end one and purchased your own micro SD card? Uh, my question, not so much question, but point is, internal storage seems to be triple the price of micro SDs right now. Yeah. So to be exactly. able to get a 32 gig device and plug in a 128 gig SD card. Would still be a hundred bucks, two hundred bucks, whatever the price is, less expensive than just straight up buying the hundred twenty-eight gig, uh, uh, you know, device in the first place.
1: Well, you got to remember, bud, that you know the internal storage on a device is, you know, it's a different storage system. You know, an SD card is, you know, it's just your standard little flash storage, you know, chip. But you know, the the stuff that goes into Android, especially the Galaxy S series, you know, they have the the whole new storage thing that they're doing this year that's supposed to, you know. Increased reliability and increased ability, increased performance, and all that jazz. You know, of course, we'll, we won't know until the future if, if any of those things are true, but it's it's not like they just, you know, took a, a 128 gigabyte, you know, sand disk uh, SD card and soldered it onto the motherboard. You know, I mean, this is <laughs> it, it's a different system entirely. And we at should. least in my experience, you know, <laughs> I've had infinitely number, you know, I've had several, um, you know, micro SD cards fail on me, just outright fail where, you know, I've never had the internal storage go bad. And, you know, I've, you know, rocked my internal storage the last three years since I started working at Android authority. You know, I've downloaded 60 games in the last, you know, 10 days and, you know, my, my internal storage is still going strong, but the last 64 gigabyte card I bought is in the trash. So, you know, I think it's it's not just, you know, you're paying for, you know, it's, you know, cheaper storage. You're also getting something that at least as far as I know, at least as far as I know, I, do, I don't have any stats to back this up. You're getting something that's more reliable and something that works better with, you know, the other internals of the system. And if Samsung's claims are correct, something that's actually faster and more reliable. I so, agree
3: with you personally, but devil's advocate... Pit- devil's advocate says uh why are you abusing your internal storage with things like mp3 files and jpegs when those could just be you know they do not need the high speed uh just dump them off on the micro sd card distribute that uh, performance and uh you know the wear and tear on your storage
0: yeah that's uh that's a good angle because i like i mentioned much earlier in the podcast i had to give my my mother um a uh, a 64 gigabyte card just for all the pictures that she was taking there's nothing else on that thing she wouldn't even know how to put anything else on there it's just the pictures <laughs> so it's an interesting angle
1: well i mean it, again it's it comes from the standpoint of, of reliability you know, like me personally i've had every 64 gigabyte as uh, micro sd card i've ever owned has died um i'm I, I currently have a 32 gigabyte in my in my note 3 right now because my 64 gigabyte died and it, you know it, on the face of it, you're right. Assuming zero percent chance of failure, you win. I can't argue that. <laughs> However, uh, given the fact that you know SD micro SD cards generally, at least anecdotally, in my experience, fail a whole lot more often than internal. I mean, I've never had an internal internal storage go bad on me once, never. And I have owned well over a dozen Android devices for going on five years now, but I have had about half of the micro SD cards that I've bought eventually die on me. So, you know, I I put all my MP3s on there. I put all the wear and tear on the SD card and then the SD card dies. I have to go buy another one. I have to sync everything all over again. Hopefully I backed up my pictures somewhere. Damn. And, you know, rebuild the experience that I was, you know, hoping to avoid by not using the internal storage, which probably would have lived through the experience anyway, you know?
3: Agreed. Agreed. Okay. And final point on micro SD cards. Um, again, this last week uh, did the factory reset. Um, what it was actually was my wife's Nexus 7. Uh, at, you know, halfway through the process of backing up all her files and transferring her pictures onto a laptop so they were stored for later, she was like, "Can't we just pull out the card?" So here she is. She's not. <laughs> she's not with us. She's not one of us. You know, our level of users here. She just where's the simple answer and to be honest I think a micro SD card is a simple answer again for the mp3 files the JPEGs exactly what Josh was saying with his mother and, and the Samsung phone there just you know the simplicity of it for those external files is uh, I, I think not having it on the new Galaxy S6 is uh, you know it is a loss do I care personally? No, but it, it is a loss I can see where people would be angry
1: uh, I can't even argue that point. That's, that's right. Because, you know, getting stuff off of phones onto computers is probably the most difficult, you know, common user experience that Android has to offer and being able to pop out the card and put it in the old, you know, SD card reader and slipping it into the computer is way easier than, you know, finding the cable, plugging it in and transferring everything, syncing everything, uploading it to the cloud, and then downloading it to the computer. No, you're absolutely right on that point. Um, Especially uh,
3: if you're doing a factory reset or frequently, you know, be able to just pull the card, reset, put the card back in and you're essentially done Is that's magic. (laughs) Yeah, definitely.
0: There's certain parts of tech that we're never going to get that that easy way of doing it. Like I mentioned in the last podcast that printers are still the worst thing to troubleshoot (laughs) of all time. Um, but you're right. I, 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 was laughing in the inside so hard there. Cause I, like, can we just take the card out? That makes so much sense. Doesn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man. Sorry. I, I think I interrupted you, Joe. What were you going to say?
1: I was going to say there is, uh, on the battery. Cause I didn't say anything about the battery side of things on the battery side okay. of things. I am a root user and I acknowledge as a root user that I am a fantastic minority when it comes to Android as a whole, but there, uh, You know, when my Nvidia Shield is messing up and I want to restart it really quick, I really miss being able to just tear off the back and pull the battery out. You know, the the, the pull battery reboot, you know, method that has been the, uh, I mean, it was almost a catchphrase in the root community for like two or three years with the phone. Oh, it's not working. Pull yeah. the battery. Pull the battery. Pull the battery. And now you know <laughs> with, with the with the non-removable batteries, it's like all right. Well, now hold power for like 30 seconds. And if that doesn't work, kind of tap it a few times and hold power for another 30 seconds, and maybe it'll restart. Try holding one of the volume rocker buttons. You know, and I have once sat here for 45 seconds because you know my uh, I was updating my Nvidia Shield tablet and I forgot to wipe my cache and the thing was boot looping on me. So I was just sitting. I sat here for almost two minutes just holding the power button down until the damn thing turned off. So you know like for you know in terms of like troubleshooting and engaging in probably the most successful IT you know advice of all time which is turning it off and turning it back on again you know by not having a removable battery you have literally killed that like you know who's going to want to sit around for you know 90 seconds holding the power button going why isn't this just working you know so i
3: especially if something goes wrong like your display quits and you can't see what's what's happening And you just want to make sure the device is off until you can get it to the shop or, or, you know, in for replacement. You can't tell if it's on or off anymore. But like you say, if you could just yank the battery, you know it's off.
1: Done.
0: Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Um, I remember doing that a lot with my Galaxy Nexus, which, by the way, was the only phone I ever have spare batteries for because the battery life on that thing was horrendous. Um, yeah, it was. And I oh. hate the whole 30 seconds thing. You, do these people not realize 30 seconds is a long time? No,
1: they don't. <laughs> they really don't. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, great. Well, we have gone at length here about our ideas behind the debate between specifications, which could encompass a lot of things, and user experience, which in this case we focused on not only software, and how you use the phone on the daily, but also some of the perks that you might get since HTC was our jumping off point here. Um, I wanna thank all of you guys again uh, for for being on. Alon, thank you for filling in uh, with for, for Andrew. And Andrew actually had a great idea that we should just have- No problem. We should just have everybody on like one big, one big phone call and we're, <laughs> and we're gonna have the, the worst time trying to get that thing edited. And <laughs> um, one day we'll do like seven people or something like that. <laughs> but in any case, uh, I definitely want to. Uh, oh well, Joe just messaged in our chat that he was going to talk about 64-bit stuff. So I mean, definitely you can Re- do so. Really if you quick, want to, Joe. this is
1: going to be like less than three minutes. Um yeah. You know, I was talking earlier about you know how I'm I lean more towards specs than user experience. Um, now that mm-hmm. Android has, you know, now that there's 32-bit and 64-bit devices, um, getting a 64-bit device right now is almost kind of future-proof proofing a little bit. Because, you know, applications are going to eventually start coming out that can use that 64-bit architecture. And, you know, if, you know, even if, you know, your, your Moto X 2014 can't use it, you know, and your your Moto E, even if the user experience is fantastic. You know, when the 64-bit apps start coming out and people start using Android for, you know, much larger, much more, you know, uh, immersive applications and games, you know, like, I mean, 64-bit has a lot of possibilities and, um, pretty much all but like, what, four, five, six Android devices are totally left out of that because they're under spec So it's just another Hmm. really quick argument leaning on the side of specs over user experience and how specs can drive the user experience is that one day, um, you know, like after I get my HTC One M9 anyway, I'm going to be able to say all your phones are going to be useless eventually, whereas mine is going to be, you know, (laughs) it's it's not going to run the latest Android or anything, but I'm going to be able to run 64 bit applications for a good long time on that thing. And, uh, yeah, that's something that I'm at least personally, as a I know people are like, Oh, 64 bit, who cares? You know, people said the same thing when windows did 64 bit. Now look, who has a 32 bit windows computer anymore? Feisty. If you have one, do you have one?
3: I don't have two of them on my desk.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So aside from feisty and, and his, uh, cornucopia of unusual over there, um, antiquated i'm working on it <laughs> but yeah no one has 32-bit uh computers anymore and just like one day no one's gonna have 32-bit android devices anymore and you know getting in on that ground floor you know eventually it's gonna be a point where it's like oh yeah, yeah i can get this budget 32-bit phone and people are gonna go ew no that's a an inferior user experience just based on the antiquated antiquated specs or however you say that word is it antiquated yeah antiquated. Yeah, yeah, yeah All right. Antiquated. i said smart antiquated. Yep. Um. But yeah, when those (laughs) 64-bit apps start coming out and they start adding so much more to the Android ecosystem, yeah, it doesn't matter right now. I realize that. And it might not matter next year or the year after that. It might be two, three years before we start seeing really good 64-bit apps or even 64-bit apps in general. But eventually, you know, all these 32-bit phones are going to be freaking useless because you know, you're going to be stuck on 32 bit apps, and while the rest of the world has graduated to much bigger and better things. So, I, I, I wanted to mention that really quick, like way earlier, and then I got sidetracked, and then, yeah, so just wanted to mention that real quick. <laughs> no,
3: you're right. And I, I just got a message from Grushy. He says, uh, yeah, the 64 bit is very important, especially if you go for the Project Aura phone, because the Taser is only compatible with 64 bit. 64 bit zapping. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you don't want a 32-bit tase because that's like a yeah, tickle. Exactly. You guys, yeah, Exactly. <laughs> it's gotta be sixty-four. I actually had an image in my head of uh, of uh, Feisty with his HTC desire and all these app developers are trying to like throw their sixty-four bit apps at him. He's like, You guys are Nazis, man.
1: You guys are <laughs> I don't wanna upgrade. I wanna be thirty-two bit forever. Change sucks.
0: <laughs> well, to the point of the 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 the, the PC market, or the computer market moving a sixty four bit, uh, I think, I, I think for like a minute, I, I, I was reading up on why 64-bit's better for processing and stuff like that. But really, I just did it because it felt like that's where we were going. And then at some point, all computers started to become that. And I feel like when it when it comes to the phones, all these phone companies are going to find ways of saying like, ours is a 64-bit processor. Look how amazing that is. But in reality, the best thing that they could probably do is just make them 64-bit and we won't know the difference eventually. Yep. <laughs> so that was kind yeah. of what I was thinking. But yeah, on that note, um, we will go ahead and sign off here at the Friday Debate Podcast by Android Authority, discussing topics in Android every single week. Don't forget to follow all of us on social media. If you want to find the links in order to follow us on Twitter and on Google+, you can head over to the link uh, for the full Friday Debate Podcast post at androidauthority.com. If you're watching the YouTube version of this, you can pop over to that little button on the top right there. That'll slide out a card for you to head straight to that site we're finally using cards on youtube i gotta get used to that too (laughs) Uh, but uh, from there you can also find us on all of the different podcast networks uh, itunes stitcher um, Pocket Casts, and whatnot so remember to head on over there because those are some of the best places for you to listen to the fdp but from there i think we're good to go and we're going to be coming up on our double digit episode next week episode number 10 it feels like so long but we're only at episode number 10 (laughs) But I want to give a congratulations to everybody. Uh, Thank you so much for being on the cast every single week. And I am going to go ahead and sign off with everybody. As usual, we're going to do our typical um, outro. Keep it tuned to Android Authority for all of the best. Head over to AndroidAuthority.com and to our YouTube channel. And don't forget to subscribe to that channel if you haven't already and listen to the Friday Debate Podcast every single week because we are discussing topics in Android every week. After all, AndroidAuthority.com is your source, guys, for all things Taser. Android. I mean Android. Taser. <laughs>
3: Taser. Yeah. Taser.
0: Grushy. <laughs>